Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Stephen Kohler about the art of active listening. Stephen Kohler, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. I'm really thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Today, we're going to be focusing on the art of active listening, how leaders can practice deeper, more intent-filled listening to be there and present with their people as they're trying to help them work through their challenges, uh, work through their concerns, uh, to provide the support and to empower their people to to fulfill their potential. As we get started, I wanted to share Stephen's bio with everybody. Stephen Kohler, Adira's founder and CEO, brings passion for people along with 25 years of extensive corporate experience within organizations ranging from startup to Fortune 100 across multiple industries. His credentials include an MBA from the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, a BA in philosophy from Northwestern University, and he is a certified professional coach and balance scorecard professional. His passions include spending time with his wife, two children, and two dogs. He is a lifelong musician, avid barbecue enthusiast, and loves traveling the world. What a wonderful background. Uh, I, I love it. I love that you're, you have a, a really interesting, unique kind of approach, uh, coupling the music uh, with all of the coaching and the leadership development that you do, uh, as well as, you know, I, I have, to, I relate, I have two dogs myself, I wife and family and, and travel, all of that is, is stuff that I love as well. Um, again, great to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we launch on in? No, I'm just uh, really thrilled to be here and look forward to jamming during our discussions, so to speak. Good, good. And that's a nice musical term. Uh, it's been a long time since I've jammed with anybody. Um, I, 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 I've always been into music, um, more vocal than anything, um, a little bit of guitar. But uh, back in the day, I, I enjoyed some good jam sessions. So uh, I'll have to try that again sometime soon. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I have to ask, what, what kind of uh, music did you like listening to or performing? So, you know, I was heavily involved in the performing arts uh, when I was younger uh, in, you know, really from early teenage on through kind of my mid twenties. Um, so choirs in school, um, jazz choir, musicals and drama, um, at, in middle school, high school and university. Um, and then, you know, had some opportunities to record some things and to perform, you know, lots of performing, uh, in front of audiences and stuff. So always fun. And, and, uh, vocal jazz was kind of a big thing that I was involved in and, you do lots of jamming when you're doing jazz. True. And let me highlight, uh, I love the rich timbre of your voice. I think it's uh, not only probably well-suited for music, but also certainly for podcasts. Oh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 
Um, well, good. You know, as we get started, I, just because you asked me, I, I want to ask the same question. Uh, what uh, what type of music do you tend to focus on most? What got you into music? And then maybe we could draw the connection there between your musical background, moving into your leadership development and coaching background, and really the topic for today, which is active listening, which of course uh, is super important when you're talking about uh, musical instruments and, and singing and, and music in general. Uh, well, thank you so much for the, for the question. Uh, all sorts of linkages are kind of emerging for me, Jonathan. I think the simplest way to, to answer is that I grew up in a musical family. Uh, my father was in choirs. My brothers and I were all in um, the, the band in high school on trumpet. And what really awakened my, my passion, and I'm going to date myself here, it was the fall of 1986 and what would become one of my favorite bands of all time, Van Halen was promoting a new tour. I saw them promoting on this thing called MTV that a few of us still remember when it was all about music. And I saw Edward playing the guitar on TV in a way that I'd never heard or imagined. And right then I knew that music had to be a much more significant part of my life. So for the last, gosh, 35 years or so, music has been a huge part of my life, not just personally uh, recording and playing and writing albums and so forth, but also has increasingly become more of my professional journey. Um, I was uh, very honored to, you know, I have a number of corporate uh, jobs around or inside the music industry for many years. And interestingly, during my corporate career, one of the biggest gaps that I, I saw with leaders was that they, they were often subject matter experts in their particular areas. Uh, and comma, one of their biggest growth opportunities was not listening. Counter to that, where I saw the most impact in terms of leaderships were leaders, I don't care what uh, level they happen to be within an organization that would really stop, slow down and really be present, listen to whoever they might be speaking to. And that always stuck with me as one of the most powerful elements from a leadership. So fast forward in my journey, about three years ago, I became very passionate um, in transitioning from the work I had been doing, which was marketing and innovation work into the people side. And I asked myself, you know, what would it look like if uh, there were a greater, you know, ability for all of us in, in the world outside uh, today to really start listening? Um, for those of your listeners who happen to be Jimi Hendrix fans, you may know the following quote, um, which really encapsulates this. And Jimi Hendrix said, knowledge speaks and wisdom listens. Knowledge speaks and wisdom listens. And I love that because there, there's such an emphasis in our culture, Jonathan, at least in corporate lifestyle of being the one who knows everything in the room. And that translates into us doing a lot of talking and a lot of proving. I think the true wise leader in the room is the one that spends far more time listening um, and figuring out and, and spending a lot of time with curiosity and kind of a growth mindset. So that's a long kind of introduction to say, I've, I've been very passionate, uh, not only as a musician, but as a, as a leader and as executive coach with this idea of listening and helping other leaders grow. And as a big part of kind of our practice at Ardira. And so we leverage a lot of the metaphors between music and leadership um, with a special focus on listening. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Uh, another common phrase that really kind of um, came to me as you were you were talking about that is the the idea of still waters run deep. So you know when when you just take the time to be present, to pause, and to deeply listen, uh, not with an agenda, but just to to listen to understand and to be with the people that you're around. Um, that, that's where so much of the insight and the wisdom comes from. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, the kind of the corporate 
culture of, of trying to demonstrate that you have all the answers, you, you know what needs to happen. It, it's, it's all a facade. Um, you know, people, there, there's certainly a subset of people that think that good leadership means you have to um, exude confidence all the time. And, and, and they, they translate that um, into behavior through kind of this pounding your chest. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it goes into negative behaviors where they're undermining and condescending to people. But even if they're not getting into those toxic negative behaviors, just the feeling the need that they always have to have something to say, even when they haven't taken any time to think about it, but they just feel like, you know, they're the leader. So they have to have something to say in that meeting. Um, that's a problem. We, we really need to dispel that myth that that is effective leadership. Um, there are circumstances, there are situations where we need decisive um, individuals who can guide people through a crisis or whatever. And so there might be times where you don't have the opportunity to pause. Um, but in most cases today, in this modern world, in a knowledge economy, most of the time we have those opportunities and we need to take them. We need to pause. We need to, to stop, slow down, listen, uh, and, and take the time to think deeply about the strategy, to think deeply about um, the culture, to think deeply about how we're engaging our team. And if I, as the leader, am trying to exert all of my knowledge expertise constantly, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not leaning on the expertise of my people. And they're the ones that are closest, you know, they're the boots on the ground. They're the ones that are the closest to the action. They're the ones that are the, the probably the best experts in the specific areas that they're working in, not me as the leader, because I'm too disconnected and because I'm, I'm doing other stuff all the time, right? Um, and so again, just to reiterate everything you were just saying, I think ultimately it, it really can be a challenge in our culture, in, the, in Western culture and in, in corporate culture, because that's just kind of this, this narrative and the stereotype that we have, this assumption that that's what effective leadership looks like. I love that. Uh, I'm going to build on a couple of things uh, that I have noticed uh, can be really powerful concepts. Uh, one of the things that emerges to me is this idea of the space between the notes, so to speak. Miles Davis has this quote that I'm going to butcher, but he says something about, you know, the real magic are not the notes themselves. It's the, it's the space or the, or the quietness between the notes. I've always, um, and it, which then accentuates the notes you do play. And if you ever think, uh, again, I'm going to date myself. If, if for those of us of a certain generation, will remember the old ad that, you know, says something about, you know, when Eve Hutton speaks, people listen, like, what would it look like as leaders? If we use fewer words, we listen a lot, and then we're more intentional about the words and the space between the words. Right. So this idea of space, this idea that you're pointing to a tempo, which I love, and, and being intentional about slowing down, slowing down to listen, slowing down to be intentional about the words we use and allowing more space for others to speak, I think is so powerful. Yeah, and that reminds me of, of just another experience in performing. You know, a lot of times, you know, say we would be performing a, a vocal jazz number, a really upbeat, um, uh, fast-paced number, everyone's excited and, and there's lots of energy, right? And you get to the end of the song and people are clapping and whooping and, and you love the energy. But there are other times where you're singing ballads or you're playing a slower song. And the sweetest moments come in those gaps, right? In, in, the, in the space between those notes. 
and the sweetest moments come at the end. I, I, I can remember so many instances where, where I was performing and you just have this, this gentle release at the end of the song and it's just silence, silence in the, in the room, silence in the arena and nobody dares to make a peep because they don't wanna lose the feeling, right? That came from the music. And, and then eventually, you know, uh, after a long lingering silence, you know, people start to applaud. And, and I remember instances where, you know, perhaps less sophisticated listeners are in the audience and they kind of ruin it because they, they take the silence and they just start like whooping or applauding right away. And, and everyone's kind of looking around annoyed. <laughs> and, and, and I, I think of the corollary to like leaders in the boardroom and how often do you have those types of moments where, where you have this kind of synergistic energy happening and people are kind of in the zone and they're listening and they're paying attention to each other and, and you're having this important dialogue and then someone steps in and ruins it because they try to assert themselves in, in a way that, you know, maybe good intention, good, uh, well-intentioned, but ultimately um, derails kind of the, the zone, the mode, the flow of what you're doing. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Great, great call out. You know, uh, I like to talk about this idea of kind of three levels or modes, musically speaking, modes of listening. And what you're speaking to is, you know, I, I think the most effective leaders are listening at what we would call level three. And I'll describe kind of what, what I've noticed that looks like. A level zero listener is somebody who's totally in their head, completely distracted, not aware of anything happening within themselves or what's happening around them. And let's be honest, that happens to all of us, particularly today in the, in the art, you know, the age of social media where we have so much distraction. Level one is the leader who starts to get present a bit with themselves, what's going on for them, but again, is not really opening themselves up to what's happening around them with their team members or the, the vibe, as you say, in the room. Level two, you start to open up not only to what's present for yourself, how you're feeling, how you want to show up. You start to level, you know, open yourself up listening-wise to what's happening around you with the people, what's really going on with them. You still may be a, a little bit tone deaf, so to speak, to what's happening in the room, Level three is exactly what you're mentioning, where I am present with myself, I'm present with those around me, and I really have a sense of what's happening in the room. 
And I'll give you a classic example that I think a lot of us have experienced where somebody's not aware of kind of level three. It's that leader who comes in with the agenda, little a agenda, the bullet points of all the things that they want to cover. Um, three of the people are kind of engaged. And then one person, unfortunately, has got something going on. Maybe they had a, a loss of a loved one or something catastrophic. And the person with the agenda at the front of the room just keeps barreling forward. That is a classic example. And everybody in the room knows there's this dissonance. You know, the leader at the front's got the agenda, they're powering through, and then somebody's having, you know, a real moment. And the leader just keeps going with their agenda. They're not in tune with what's happening in the space. So the best leaders really are listening at that level three. Um, and it's rare. So I think that's an opportunity for all of us to, to hone in on. Yeah, yeah, it is an opportunity. And I appreciate that typology to try to understand. Uh, and you're in your right, we we all find ourselves um, in different situations at different times, where we kind of fall into those different buckets, right? Um, we, we can try, I think, to to strive for the, the level three approach. Um, most of the time, that's certainly a worthy aspirational goal. Um, but we also just need to recognize we don't always accomplish that. And other people around us aren't always accomplishing that. And so um, we'd be patient with ourselves, we, we need to be patient with others. Uh, and then but we we do need to work on developing ourselves towards that active listening, that deep listening, that deep understanding that we've been talking about. So I guess that's my next question. How do we go about starting to develop that to, to strengthen that listening muscle um, and developing that skill? Yeah, uh, thank you for the for the question. I also want to highlight, um, you know, something interesting that I noticed on my own journey about this idea is looking to the world of music of how they do it. You know, one of the fundamental first skills, and you know this, Jonathan, from your background, is we're we're given a set of skills in music called ear training. Um, and notice, I didn't talk about you know playing the most notes on your instrument or singing the most notes if you're a singer, but ear training, meaning listening first. So they give you a set of skills to to listen to. Uh, tempo and pitch and volume and key signature and all these things about how to interpret and really be present. Um, so I think what I would say is the first thing in a very pragmatic way is, is to notice the fact that we all get distracted, especially now with social media. I read recently that there's something on the form of nine, at any one time we're, we're getting nine, at least nine streams of digital information coming our way, texts, emails, blogs, um, Snapchat, you name it. And, and so it can be very difficult to get present. So step one would be um, to practice. And it is practice, as you said, um, getting as present as you can be uh, with the individuals that you're with. Um, that kind of gets you from level zero to level one. Um, starting to then shift into what are you noticing about yourself? Uh, am I feeling triggered? Am I feeling distracted? Uh, am I feeling really engaged? And, and accepting however you're feeling and being okay with that setting an intention about how you want to be in this conversation. And it's perfectly okay. If you say, look, I'm way too distracted to have this a meaningful conversation. I'm going to ask for uh, opportunity to reschedule because I don't, my intention is to be present. I can't be present. So I want the grace to reschedule. Um, assuming that you can then move forward with being um, really present with the individual. The next step is to really, as you go from level one to level two, do exactly what you mentioned, which is be wary of this trap we all fall into of listening with the intent to respond, right? So we all do that, right? Because we race ahead to form a conclusion, try to tell them what we think or the classic, oh yeah, let me tell you about the, the one time that happened to me, right? Classic or the, the other classic, yeah, but, <laughs> right? 
So the antidote to that uh, is instead of listening with the intent to respond, listening to learn, embracing what the, the uh, Buddhists would call, you know, the, the beginner's mind, the learner's mindset, which many of us, of course, have. And, and so it, with that, we're not learning to, we're not listening to try to prove to somebody we're, we're listening to try to learn something we don't perhaps already know, which presumes that we may not know everything, which presumes that we could learn something from this conversation, stay really curious, right? So, so the key to level two is to really open up your curiosity, take on that beginner's mind and then, and, and be present. Um, very practically, one of the tips we can all do is do what we call mirroring back. So rather than jumping to what we think, mirroring back, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, what I heard you say was, or what showed up for me when you said that was, um, or what I, what I found so powerful about what you said was, right? Just mirroring back to confirm understanding. And by the way, the sweetest thing that anybody can do is, is feel heard. So by doing that, you are providing a rich amount of value to that other person, just allowing them to be heard. Uh, and then the third step is to really uh, expand your listening with all of your senses to what's happening in the room. And what I mean by that is we listen beyond more with our ears, right? We can listen with our eyes, with body language. Again, my example earlier where the person maybe three chairs away from you is really in a difficult spot. Notice that with your eyes. So use your eyes to listen. Of course, notice with your ears and then notice with uh, what you might call your in intuition or your gut. Like, what do you feel? We all have that sense that sometimes we ignore, we, we uh, try to block. But when you walk into the room, what's the energy in the room? Leverage that as part of your listening. As you do, and then the final thing I would say is um, after you speak, you respond to this, notice your impact. Listen for the way that you're responding on the individual. Are they nodding their head? Are they smiling or are their arms crossed, right? You can get a lot of information when you listen after you speak for how well perhaps that person feels heard. So anyway, just a, a few tips and tricks. Yeah, I, I think those are all great. And it is, we do need to practice. We need to exercise this. Uh, and, and I think to myself, I, I, I sometimes, I think I'm better at this um, with my team at work than I am sometimes like with my partner at home. <laughs> and I'm thinking of, of an example from just last night with my wife and I caught myself. So I'm, I'm kind of patting myself on the back here where I caught myself <laughs> kind of mid conversation and she was struggling with something and she was kind of opening up. And, and my wife is one who I, I'm way, I, I think out loud. So I, I just kind of spew, you know, and she's not that way. Like it, I just need to give her lots of space. And my tendency is to fill in the gaps with her and to, you know, she says something and then I'll respond with what I think, or I'll respond with, you know, how I think we might approach that or whatever. That's certainly not what she wants or what she needs. And so I actually caught myself, you know, starting to do that. And I, I practiced some restraint and, and tried to just really pause and to just to, to allow things to unfold. And lo and behold, she ended up sharing things that, I, I, we wouldn't have ever gotten to, uh, had I jumped the gun, you know, and, and dove in with my own thinking. Uh, and so everyone, I guess my point is everyone's different and context is different. Context matters. And while I feel like I'm pretty good at doing this, um, in, in a workplace setting with, with my employees, um, you know, sometimes in my personal relationships, I, I, maybe I'm not 
paying as much attention to it. Maybe I'm not thinking, oh, I need to really be active listening right now. Um, and sometimes I have those gaps. So, so we have to, we have to meet people where they're at. We have to listen in a way and communicate in a way that's effective with the people we're, we're communicating with. Right. What did you notice, Jonathan, with your wife? What did I notice from mm. a allowing her space and the time? Exactly. Uh, um, she, yeah, she, she felt, I, I think she felt safe to mm. open up more than she would have otherwise. She got more vulnerable. I love that. Beautiful. First of all, I love what you said. We all tend to have maybe different ways that we listen in different contexts. And, you, and I'm guilty as charged as well. I don't, I've often find myself not practicing what I'm preaching, particularly at home for any host of reasons. And, and so what I loved about your story is that you noticed that for you, uh, and then you were intentional about making that shift, even in the moment. I will also say, particularly with those that are loved ones around as close as we, many of us have a pattern that I know I'm guilty of, of trying to immediately fix or solve. <laughs> and, and, and of course the invitation was never to fix or solve, but rather just to be present and listen to. And I, I guess I'll compliment you so well for just being present uh, for her in this case. Well, in this instance, I think I did it better, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I have many failed uh, opportunities. <laughs> and it is, um, it is a practice. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, Stephen, it has just been a real pleasure uh, I feel like we've only really scratched the surface. We could go on and on, but I want to be mindful of your time and let you get on with your busy day. Before we close for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your company, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me on today. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, best way to get in touch with me, it would be through our website, adiralabs.com. Um, check us out there. You can also check us out on all social media platforms. A uh, little fun fact, uh, the name of our country, uh, company, excuse me, Audira means to listen in Latin. Um, so any place you find Audira on social media and web, uh, feel free to check us out. Um, I would simply close with, uh, I would invite all of you, no matter how practiced you are in the art of listening, uh, is to continue that and, uh, and open up space for those around you and uh, listen for the, the, the melody around you. And thank you so much. Well said. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Steve and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership 
will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.